Good morning, everybody. It's down to me to start off this morning. There's a couple of notices this morning. Can I give you those before we kick off? So Vanda would like to draw your attention to the weekend sheet, the notices about Advent Sunday. There's a few things that we'd like to get to people ready for the service on the 29th of November. If you could help deliver um, anything, there are very small stars and bags in envelopes. So it's not a big parcel or anything. It's just a case of putting them through people's doors. If you could help deliver those over the next couple of weeks, if you could get in touch with Vanda, that would be brilliant. Thank you. Um, and the other notice, very important, there's a church meeting on Thursday. Woohoo! At eight o'clock. So if you can join us um, then, that would be really appreciated because there's quite a lot of things to share in terms of information of what's going on um, and also things to agree on. So it would be great if you could be there. You all know the rest in terms of being on mute and not being on mute. So I'm not going to say that. I'm just going to hand over to Jenny. Thanks, Jenny. Thank you, Helen. I'll call to worship. Gather in our dwelling place. Gather in the presence of God everlasting. Let us listen to his word and gain hearts of wisdom. Let us rest in his compassion and be satisfied by his unfailing love. May we sing for joy, be guided by the Spirit to new life and new ways. Amen. And we begin in prayer. Lord God, we thank you that you have made each of us different, each of us unique, each differently abled, each with something to contribute to your work in the world. So help us not to compare ourselves with others, but to know that we are enough, just as we are. Remind us that no one else can do what we can, and that if we hold back, your work and the world will not be complete. God who created us, we offer our whole lives back to you for your glory. Amen. Lord God, giver of all good things, giver of life itself, we worship and adore you. We, You created the earth and asked us to care for it. We took control and began to exploit the resources you gave us. You gave us enough and more to share. We hoarded as though things were scarce and let others go hungry and voiceless. God, if we have learned nothing else in this season, may we never forget how connected we all are across the world. When one part of the body hurts, all suffer. So God, before we lose sight of all that you have taught us, unclench our hands and release us in your generosity. Convict us in our worship of all your, of your call to us to clothe the naked, to feed the hungry, to house the homeless, to give sight to the blind and healing to the lame. Such is your power and your faith in us. May our worship then renew and equip us to serve you by serving the world. Amen. 
and we continue in prayer now with our first song as the day. Thank you, Steve. Join together in saying the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. 
Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. It's also down to me to ask if anybody's got any birthdays today or in the coming week. Brian has a birthday. Yep, it's that time of year. Is it your birthday, Brian? Yeah, Monday. On Monday? Yeah, I'm 22. <laughs> are you doing anything special? <laughs> oh, yeah, we're going out. Yeah, really. <laughs> partying. Are you having a cake? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, right. We've just sent one down to Craig. Uh, we have a nod, so mm-hmm. perhaps. Nice. Yeah. Anybody else? Right then, we're singing to um, Brian. Anne, um, hold oh, on down. No, Anne! Anne Skinner! <laughs> Is that you? <laughs> When's your birthday, Anne? Saturday. Oh, exciting! You'll have big plans. Oh, of course! <laughs> Uh, or a big glass of gin, at least. Well, we might manage that. Excellent. Brilliant. Anybody else? So it's Brian and Anne. Don't leave me. Are you ready? We've not done this before. <laughs> Off you go. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Brian and Anne. Happy birthday to you. (laughs) Yay! Well done. Have a lovely birthday. It's over. It's over to Mike now for the reading. The first reading is Matthew 25, verses 14 to 30, the parable of the bags of gold. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on a journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I've gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servants. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servants. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. 
So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servants. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So he took the bag of gold from him and gave it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Amen. Second reading is 1 Thessalonians, chapter 5, verses 1 to 11. The day of the Lord. Now, brothers and sisters, about times and dates, we do not need to write to you, for you know very well that the the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying, peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly, as labour pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in the darkness, so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. For those who sleep at night and those who get drunk get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, you are doing. Amen. Thank you, Mike and Maggie. So the last time that I was with you, I said that happy would be the theme tune for our reading that day. I wonder what our gospel reading from Matthew would have as a companion tune. For many years, most of our churches would have picked something like Abba's Thank You for the Music because it has the words in it, I have a talent, a wonderful thing. Sermons were preached on how this parable called us to use every bit of talent we had to grow the kingdom or face the displeasure of God. But this interpretation is losing its footing as scholars point out that the fact talent, a Greek coin, has coincidentally another meaning in English. It's just that, an interesting coincidence. And that whilst for centuries Christians naturally equated the master in the parable with their own master God, when you actually study the master in the parable with He's not very godlike at all, is he? Okay, God might rebuke us for not using all our talents and skills more fully for the sake of the kingdom. 
But is God a harsh man who reaps where he does not sow? An absentee landlord who cares only about profit maximisation, whose character is hard-hearted and ruthless? If this traditional interpretation of the parable is correct, then the lesson we learn is this. As the master states, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. Not really Christ's good news for the poor, is it? To me, it sounds more like our current reality than the promised kingdom of God. So this morning I'm turning off Abba and I'm going to look at the parable not through my Sunday school teacher's eyes, but rather through the ears of Jesus's listeners. The story Jesus told would have sounded to them very familiar. Jesus did a lot of that, didn't he? Using things that were around us, our everyday situations, to explain to us the truth of God, his kingdom and our discipleship. And in Jesus' day, there were masters, just like the one in our parable. Large landowners whose reputations were far from godlike. Indeed, many viewed them as greedy and immoral. Their wealth came by making loans to small landowners with high interest rates and foreclosing when repayments could not be made. They would then continue to make a huge profit by hiring labourers to farm cash crops on this land. These powerful patriarchs often went away on economic or political business, as the parable suggests. Their affairs would be handled by slaves who were promoted to position of stewards in the household hierarchy. So Jesus's story was very familiar to his listeners. However, the sums of money involved in our parable would not have been familiar at all and would have had Jesus's listeners' eyes widening. A talent was one of the largest values of money, equal to 6,000 denarii, since one denarius was an average wage for a day's labour. One talent is worth more than 15 years' wages. In modern day terms, a talent has been calculated at just under £2 million, eye-watering indeed. Our parable tells us that the first two slaves doubled their master's investment. Whilst we might applaud their ingenuity, Jesus' audience would have gone from shock at the amount of the investment to appalled at its return. This massive accumulation of wealth at this time could only have happened through exorbitant interest rates, extortion, fraud through tax collection and trading with immoral levels of gain. Jesus's listeners would have looked at his, this behaviour and seen its consequences, a destructive cycle of indebtedness and poverty that risked the stability of the whole of society. So rather than our usual positive view of these first two slaves, Jesus's audience would have found them dishonourable. I wonder then, what would they have made of the third slave? On the master's return, he praises the first two slaves, giving them a promotion, but keeping them slaves 
and further entrenched in the world controlled by the master. The third slave, however, steps out. He speaks truth to power. I knew you were a harsh man. You reap where you did not sow and gather where you did not scatter seed. Jesus's listeners would have known what was going on. The third slave was what we would call a whistleblower. He is unmasking the immoral way the master gained his wealth. Profiting off the back-breaking labour of others and investing that wealth in dishonourable ways. The third slave refuses to participate in the exploitation. He takes the money and buries it, literally taking it out of circulation where it could no longer be used to dispossess another family farmer. In today's terminology, he has woke to the rules of his master's world. His rejection of it is short and simple. Here, take back what is yours. But he admits through it all, I was afraid. For good reason. We know and he's probably realising that he is about to meet the prophet's fate. Those listening would have known it too. It's not simply that the third slave has denied his master a handsome return on his investment, but that he shamed his master by speaking out. Trouble was coming. It's interesting that the master does not refute the whistleblower's analysis of his world or of his own character, perhaps because he can't. Instead, he simply castigates the slave as evil and lazy, a long-standing slur against the poor, and wonders rhetorically why the slave didn't at least seek market rate return. Inevitably, the master decides to make an example of the third slave, taking what he has from him, and giving the single talent to his obedient colleague in order to illustrate the way the real world works. For those who have, more will be given. But for those who have not, even what they have will be taken away. He then orders that the slave is thrown out, dispossessed. In our parable, it states, into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The master's wrath is that of the elite, called out by the very ones the system is supposed to subordinate and silence. Read in this light, the third parable is now seen as a moral and brave man standing up against the powerful and corrupt system on behalf of others and at great risk and sacrifice to himself. The parable itself becomes a description of the consequences of living out our faith. It's about standing up against the empire, speaking truth to power. This is perhaps more of a wisdom parable that offers honest insight into the very real and dangerous ways of the kingdom if we wish to be part of a movement that has a vision of rebalancing the world in the name of love, justice and grace. those of you who are interested I think our song today is Jennifer Lopez's Love Made the World Go Round. 
which says love is a call to action. Those who hate us and fear us cannot keep us down because we hear in our heartbeat a beautiful sound. If they try to deny us or silence us now, we just say no. We let them know that love makes the world go round. But in terms of today here in the UK, here in Birchwood, here in our everyday lives, what difference does this parable make? Perhaps it pushes us to be awake to the injustices of our own economic systems, the widening gap between rich and poor, highlighted by the COVID pandemic this year, the issues of inequality in health and education. Perhaps it is the injustice of our own employers that we need to call out to the below living wage, those who flout workers' rights and through the COVID pandemic have put their health at risk, even the modern day slavery. Perhaps it is the inequalities we see in our own personal relationships. Perhaps it reminds us that our faith is not comfy, but a challenge not only to the ways of the world, but to our very selves. To get involved with campaigns such as Reset the Debt, to campaign for the environment, to question the need for food banks in our prosperous society and the need for a footballer to enable our children to be fed. Perhaps it tells us that we too need to feel the fear and do it anyway, to step out and not play the game, not be part of the system, but to live rather according to our faith, whatever the cost. Perhaps it's a reminder that more often than not, our faith will not provide wealth, comfort and happiness in this world, but rather the reaction of being feared, hated and excluded. It may find us poor financially and living outside the safety of the system. However, a final thought has me saying, when I look at Christ and his time on earth, it seems to me that is exactly what his life was like. We're going to sing again now. We're going to sing Oceans. Thank you, Steve.
going to lead us now in our prayers for the local community and wider world. Thanks Jenny. Let's pray together. Father God we pray for our community, for our country as we all stay in lockdown to try and cut the spread of COVID-19. We pray for people who find this time particularly hard perhaps because they're on their own or because they struggle with 
just the thought that they can't meet up with friends no matter how much they would like to. We pray for those who find this time difficult because friends or loved ones are ill and they can't go and see them. We pray for those who find this time difficult because friends or loved ones have died and they couldn't be there or they can't go to the funeral or they have to watch the funeral online. Lord, it's never easy to have someone we care about be ill or to lose them. But Lord, it's especially hard at this time when we can't be as close with friends or family as we would like to be. So Lord, we pray that you will be with people who are finding this time especially hard. And help us, Lord, to know how we might be your hands, your feet, and bring your comfort to those people. Lord, we pray for our wider world. Again, in many countries, dealing with COVID and the effect it has on people and communities and on economies and on people's jobs and livelihoods. But Lord, we pray also for all the other problems that the world had before COVID-19 that haven't gone away, for all the problems of injustice, of unfairness, of lack of democracy, of lack of representation. Lord, we pray for America, where the results of the presidential election are, are becoming ever clearer, but there's still unrest, there's still difficulties. And Lord, we pray for, for healing of the divisions in that country, that America might be a responsible world leader again. We pray for Africa. We pray for Nigeria, where there's unrest. And we pray for Ethiopia, again, suffering with unrest. Lord, these problems go back a long way. And we just pray, Lord, that they're not overlooked and forgotten by world leaders with everything else. We pray for Asia. We pray for the Philippines that have been battered by a typhoon that's now nearing Vietnam. And Lord, these natural occurrences, these these storms happen and countries deal with them. But Lord, they're becoming more frequent. And that's perhaps because of man's impact on the climate. And Lord, we pray for responsible leaders to help us as countries, as individuals, as groups, to be aware of our impact on the climate and what we can do to reduce it. Lord, similarly in, in South America and in Central America, there are fears of a major hurricane headed for Central America. There are protesters clashing with police in Peru. Lord, all these problems are, are nothing new. And yet we don't seem to be any closer to, to knowing how to resolve them. But we know, Lord, that 
that you know, that if we wait on you, that if we listen to you, you can give us the answers. So Lord, we pray for world leaders to to listen to you. We pray for world leaders to listen to each other. Not to press their own point, but to listen and be humble. Not proud to, to be afraid to back down. Lord, this weekend it's Diwali, celebrated by millions of people across the world. And we pray for them that they're able to show their faith and live out their faith without fear of persecution, just as we would want to live out our faith without fear of persecution. Lord, help us to understand people who have different beliefs to our own. Help us to see the the commonalities in what we believe and what we stand for and help us to respectfully discuss the differences. Lord, we pray for your world. We pray for our leaders. We pray for world leaders. We pray for our friends and families. We pray for our communities and our countries. And we offer all these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen.
together to say the grace. <clears throat> oh, well done. Fabulous. May the grace, grace. of our, grace. Lord, our Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ, the love of our God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with us all, and Amen. 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 Amen.